Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? I know there are some yet missing this morning that should be moseying in. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Amen. And, and, and it's Mother's Day. It, it's, I'm sure, for the commercial business, it's a day for them to find a way to make money. Uh, but you know what? We should honor our mothers 24-7, uh, 360, uh, is there 60? 65. <laughs> Days of the year. Well, I missed five. It could be leap year. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, we we realize that that I, I just think, and, and I've said before, a man that came and uh, I, I'd met him and he came and helped me do a little bit of work here. And he, he was, his feet were deformed. And I said to him, I said, so how did your feet get deformed? He said, my mother boiled them. She boiled them as punishment. And he said, but you know something? I forgive her and I love her. I said, wow. What we could learn, you know. Some people, they never grow up. They blame their mother for everything, you know what I mean. Mama did this. Mama wasn't there. Mama, you know, there's a time we just got to get over that. Life isn't perfect, is it? Right? Life, hey, the, the fact that you're a parent means you were practicing something you probably had no clue to. <laughs> Amen? I, 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 th I, I, th I think of the man who wrote the 20... Cardinal rules to raising children. And then he got married. And he had three children. And he decided to cut it down to ten cardinal rules. And then he had two more children. Then they became uh, teenagers. And he came up with five suggestions <laughs> on how you might want to raise your child. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that's had any experience at all knows it's not easy to raise children. And our children are so different. They can be so different. And, and the thing we need to understand as mothers is, is, is we celebrate the diversity of the difference in our children too. Because every weakness also has a strength. And so you know what we do? We try to find those strengths and help to pull them out of the individual. And, uh, you know, and I just thank God for mothers today. Anyhow, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand if we would and give God the glory. As God is saying that you're letting that out, God will put more in. But you can't put water or the anointing into a full vessel. And God said, I want this to pour forth from your belly. You're going to sit in amazement. Even in your age, you're going to sit in amazement and you're going to see what the Lord can do. That was anointed. That was of the Lord. And God said, I, I need that to be released into the world. Well, you know, the world is full of trouble, but the world needs Jesus. You know, and that's it. We, you know, and that's it. I mean, and that's what we need to understand and realize is every one of us are ministers. Every one of us are called according to the glory of God and, and, and each one of us. And that's what body ministry is all about. God, God never intended for the church to be uh, with one or two celebrities. You know, I mean, Paul got so discouraged when they said, well, I'm a Peter, I'm a, a Paulus, I'm a this. And Paul got up and looked at them with disgust and said, listen, which one of us died for you? He said, we're of Jesus. We're of Jesus. And that's the thing today. Each one of us called according to his purpose from the foundations of the earth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful anointing that song was. And, and you know, that was just, just powerful. Brother Troy, and and I want you to know that uh, there are some great years ahead for you. Uh, God has, uh, he just, he's given the mouth of a lion. Amen? Now you wouldn't know, he's so soft-spoken, I, I think he's going to need two mics. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, he could scare the lions out of the jungle. You know, I'm telling you. Amen. And that's the voice that God gives us. Amen. Roar like a lion in this last day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is greater than Kellogg's cornflakes. So Tony the Tiger, you can say great all he wants. But in, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. I think of the fact that there are things in life that can discourage us as Christians. The first thing I want to tell you is when Jesus prayed in John 17, he said, Father, not one that you've given me have I lost, save the son of perdition, which was Judas, who was given for a purpose, and it was to betray. I know that Jesus' track record is the same today as it was then. I know there's a lot of things that we may do as Christians that we think maybe those are the things that keep us. But the only one that keeps us is Jesus. We sang a song earlier that said, Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. There are a lot of miserable Christians. <laughs> I've been there more than once. When you don't obey the word, you feel condemnation. You know, Jesus, I didn't come to the world, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might have life and that much more abundantly. So we realize that in life, uh, and that's why God allows us to feel shame, to feel discomfort, to bring us to that place where he wants us to be. You know, he's a great parent. God is a great parent. I think of, of mothers today. And, the you know, I, I just go back and I, I look at Sarah, you know, and, and, and kind of the dysfunction in the family. I think of, of Jacob. And, and then I go down to Isaac, and, and Isaac, you, you know, you think of his, his uh, wife, Rebecca, and how that they had dis, you know, difference of opinion. I mean, he wanted Isaac, you know, to, uh, he wanted, uh, you know, um, his uh, Jacob to be blessed. And, and the thing we realize in that is she wanted Jacob to be blessed. I'll get my, my mind here in just a minute. But what we need to realize is that, you know, her Esau and Jacob had fights. You probably never heard of that in families. And it, it became such a fight that his mother even said, you've got to run for your life because Esau will kill you. And we talk about dysfunction. I can imagine mom feeling so... Heartbroke. Can't these kids get along? I remember my mother sent to me. We'd get, you know, we'd have a family thing and people get arguing. She'd look at us and says, Can't you guys get along for a little while? <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm saying? But we, we know that with Jacob and, and we know that with uh, Esau, it, I'm sure it broke mom's heart because number one, when Jacob left, she would never see him again. And, and Esau, you know, was, uh, he, he just wasn't someone that God would choose. And, and, you know, and I know mothers go through difficulty. I think of, when I think of um, Mary, and God brought the word to her. And he said, you shall have a child. How will this be I ha that I have no man? And you know, she's probably between 13 and 15 years old. She's a young girl. She's still betrothed to be married, not yet there. If you understand in Jewish tradition, and I will get back to my text, marriages were arranged. Parents would choose a family. And so Joseph was, she was espoused to Joseph many years even before that. 
But the fact of it is, is that when Jesus, when the Lord came, when God came, and he said, the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall bear a child. His name shall be called Jesus. He shall be the Savior of the world. I can think of the excitement, maybe, in her life. He said, but I want you to go to Elizabeth. That's your cousin. And she is pregnant now with the forerunner, which is John the Baptist. But I don't think that Mary really was fully understanding of the sorrows. And I think mothers go through a lot of sorrows, a lot of brokenness, a lot of things, you know. And, and the thing that we need to understand and realize is that, you know, life has sorrows. But we shouldn't let that discourage us. We need to continue to stand and to pray. Uh, Lord, for the Lord's will to be done in our children too. God, your will be done. In Philippians 3.10, he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Let me read that again. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Let that sink in. Being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which is also that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are before. And then in verse 14 of Philippians 3, it says, I press toward the mark for the high, for the prize of the high calling of God. In Jesus Christ. I press forward. I've used that before in looking at being an expert in rifle. In the military, I, I think I was a marksman, not an expert. Um, and the thing we realize in this is that for somebody to be really good as a, as a, a sniper or a shooter... They've got to learn how to control their breathing. They've got to learn how to focus. They've got to understand the, the wind currents. They, they've, got to, they've got to know a lot of things. And, and really, that's what Paul here is saying. I, I, I want to be a sniper. I want to hit the mark. I want to hit the dime square in the center. And I'm going to tell you, you can't hit the mark if you're not focused. If we're not focused and how easy it is for us as Christians to get focused on the wrong things, on the weaknesses of others. Mothers, sometimes we can be focused on the weaknesses of our children. And, 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 you know, it, it, it's heartbreaking. You know, it, you, you want to live the life for them. I look in my backyard. There's a, a young couple back there. And, and, and uh, every once in a while when I look out the window, I'll see them. And I see all the potential. Uh, you know, but, uh, but I see him with his hood on in the summertime. And, and acting, you know, you know, you know the, whatever they do. And, and, and I just suspect it's probably drugs involved. And I see a young family. And I say, oh, only if you just got your act together. But you know, you, 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 can't, you can't save them. You can pray for them. 
And you can pray, Lord God, that you know that, that you you would touch them in their lives and you'd help them. We pray for our children. We pray, but the thing is, you have to focus on the target. What is the target? The target is Jesus. And it's not also focusing on maybe our children or others, but sometimes focusing on me. You know what I'm saying? It feels good to lay on the couch and tell somebody all your problems. You know what I'm saying, but sometimes it's time Jesus to get up and get over it. Not looking back. I've shared with you here many times about in a nursing home, a lady that was in her 80s, and she's sitting there weeping as she tells me about her father's abuse. And I'm thinking, I knew better, but the way she was talking, he was still kicking. He probably came and visited her and reminded her of all the evil. And I said, well, is he still living? Oh, no, dear, he died many years ago. I kind of suspected it probably is the case. But the way she talked was as if he was... In the other room. What had happened is that she grabbed a hold of an injury, of a hurt. Her focus was not on the prize. Her focus was inward about what she didn't get or have. Now, I, I want you to understand and know this. I am as compassionate as anybody about brokenness and hurt. And so is Jesus. He cares about your every need. But the thing we need to realize is that Jesus said, I send them into the world among wolves. And God called us to walk on water. Do you think Peter walking on water was just a fluke thing that was just thrown in the Bible just for the fun of it? Or was it an illustration of how we're supposed to be? What is the water that Peter had to walk on? Well, the Sea of Galilee. It was more than that. It was his own weaknesses in his own understanding, he had to walk on top of that. In service of Christ, there are many things that can discourage our service for Jesus. This is why Jesus said in Luke 21, 34, Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of life, so that that day may come and unawares. Well, why surfeiting, drunkenness? You know what that really talks about? Self-medicating. Self-medicating. And that's what we do when we get lost in ourselves. But there's a time that we need to make the choice. I've got to stop self-medicating. I've got to stand and haven't done all to stand. Let me stand therefore as a warrior of Jesus Christ. Let me be instant in season and out of season. Lord, you know that I'm weak, but I know you're strong. Lord, I've, I've lived a life that's messy. Life is messy, don't you think? If you look back at your life, would have you would have you paved the road that way? Or let me put it this way: when you were way back there, some of us further than others, would have you imagined the road the way you walked it? No. But you know, the road that you walked was important. You don't understand, Pastor. I've had some real messes. They were important. <laughs> Boy, we got a pastor that's kind of going off the, the hill. What do you mean it was important? You don't know what I went through. You don't know what I did. I'm not condoning. 
bad behavior. I'm not condoning sin. But God allowed it. Because he's trying to make and shape you into what he wants you to be. Failures. Saying to my brother this morning how that you can learn more from one failure than probably from ten successes. A great businessman once said that. I can learn more from a failure. God, why? Peter said, I'm willing to die for you, Lord. I mean, he was on top of the world. He was in the Holy Ghost, you know. Woohoo! Pastor, we've got it. We're going to go out and take the world on. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, he said, before the cock crows, he said, you'll deny me three times. Peter looked at him and said, Lord, where, where are you getting off here? This isn't going to happen. You don't know how I feel inside. You see what feelings? Feelings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Feelings are fickle. You could walk out of here just so just pumped up and so so ready to go and all of a sudden someone cuts you off in traffic and all of a sudden Amen. Huh? But what God is saying to us is that we need to be committed. But Peter, before the cock crew, exactly as Jesus had predicted to him, he did. But you know something? I mean, he did something terrible. You know what he did? He forsook a friend. You imagine if you got into an issue with, and you had a best friend right with you and you were going through it and all of a sudden, I don't know that guy. <laughs> Never seen him in my life. No, no, no. I, I don't know to the place where you even begin to curse and swear to prove that you're not one of them. He forsook Jesus. But you know what? Jesus still came back. Peter was, I'm sure, heartbroken. Heartbroken over his betrayal of a friend. Heartbroken over a failure. How many of us have been heartbroken over a failure? Feeling like Jesus can't love me. I'm going to hide. What happens? Peter looks from the boat and he sees a man walking on the shore. And he looks closer and closer and says, man, I don't believe this. It looks like Jesus. And he runs ashore. And there, when he meets with Jesus... Jesus embraces him. He loves him. Peter had to go through that to come to where God wanted him. We go through things. God knows whatever it takes to grow us up. God is patient. He's patient with you and he's patient with me. Well, we can also look at the fact that focusing on the wrong things can hinder our work and walk with Jesus. We can have undue worries and cares of life. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, he said, seek ye, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It's true. Watch God work in your life when you give your life to him. 
I was working in a machine shop many years ago, and I got a phone call. My wife and I wanted to go into full-time ministry, and we got a call. It said, would you like to take a church in Pittsfield, Maine? Don't even know Pitts. I did. Is there Pittsfield, Maine? <laughs> I didn't know. And, and he said, I need to know immediately. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I've got a good job. I'm a, mach- I can't, I'm a machinist and, and all this. And, and he says, uh, uh, I will uh, I'll call you back with an answer. And my wife spoke right up and said, you don't need to call back. We know what the answer is. Yes. You see, when you begin to walk out in faith, He said, he that will lose his life will find life. He that will lose his life for my sake will find life. So many people, they get their boats, they get this, they get that. They're trying to find life. That new four-wheeler, that $26,000 bullet is going to make me happy. Come on now, guys. You know what I'm talking about. If I just had that Buick, I'll I'll tell you right now, I've been looking at that Buick. If I had that Buick, I'd be happy. Only to find out that the things of this world don't satisfy. What did Jesus say to the woman of the West? If you drink of this well, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall never thirst. (laughs) For Jesus freely gives it. But the way is to say, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to give up my dreams and my hopes. I'm willing to give up my retirement. I'm I'm willing, Lord God, I I just want your will. Where he leads me, I will follow. We sing that song. So we think of undue worries, undue worries, and the cares of life. Well, you know, I just paid my rent, but I don't know how I'm going to get it next month. I had someone call me recently, and and they were, you know, they, they were living in a hotel, motel, and and they wanted uh, they wanted to know if I could help them out. They said, "Well, we've out, we've got the next two weeks all paid up, but we're gonna we're hitting it early to get our money for the third week." I said, "Well, you know, already worried about." The Bible says, "Take no thought for what you wear, you eat. Take no thought for tomorrow." For, the, for tomorrow doesn't belong to me. You hear what I'm saying? It doesn't belong to me. But it does belong to God. He will meet our every need. In Mark 4.19, In the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in chokes the word and it becometh unfruitful becomes unfruitful. Why? Because we got our minds and our attentions on the things that are in the world. Oh, Lord, help us. In Joshua 1.6, six says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Then we know down in Joshua uh, 1 7 said, Only be thou strong and very courageous. Be thou strong and very courageous. Why? That thou may observe and do all the things that are in the law. In other words, to obey God takes strength, it takes courage. Do you think that Daniel was all happy about being thrown among the lions? But it took courage. And it took strength. 
When David went out against Goliath, it took courage and it took strength. Well, if it's the Lord, I'll feel it. I've been around that people, and I'll tell you that. Which way is God blowing today? How many of you the same yesterday, today, and forever? Get over the wind and start trusting God. And what we need to realize is it takes courage. In Hebrews 13.5, he said, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be not content. Uh, be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How many know God's word's true? Be content with such things as you have. You know what covetousness is? Covetousness is looking at my neighbor and saying, I used to think I had a nice boat, but his is better than mine. How come I can't be like this person or that person? Why don't can't I sing like my brother here? <laughs> and my brother said, why can't I preach like him? Well, why can't we do this? Why am I not as pretty as somebody? <laughs> why was I born with this nose? You see what I'm saying. But the thing is, is the Bible says to be content. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I'm who I am. We can doubt his word. That brings discouragement. We do this when we compromise. We read and listen to liberal teachers. Our schools are filled with unbelieving teachers and scholars. Not only in public schools, but also in our seminaries. People say, well, you know what? That's not literal. That's an allegory. That doesn't mean what it says. That, that, that just is to give you a picture. I, I believe that you can speak to the mountain and it will be moved. As I said last week, I believe that addiction can be broken in Jesus' name. You believe that? It may seem like a mountain, a mountain, but the fact of it is, is when I speak to it in faith, with nothing in my carnal mind wavering or fighting against it. Because the minute you make the confession, the devil comes and shows you all of your weaknesses. You're nothing but a mess up. Psalms 119.89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Down in 105 of, of 119 of Psalms, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's what gives me light and hope. We have to avoid carnal thinking. See, in Joshua 1.8, it said, uh, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. What becomes reality to you is what you meditate on. If you meditate on your limitations, then that's your reality. If you meditate on your weaknesses, then that's your reality. But if you meditate upon the greatness of God, 
That's why we need the word. Why did David say, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against him? What he's saying there is, I meditate so much upon the word of God, it becomes who I am. Think of the apostle who said, It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. How many of us desire to be like that? No longer my life. As long as I see my life as valuable to me, then I'll never fulfill His will. Because you know what's life is valuable to me is Jesus. For He said... For thou shalt make thy ways prosperous, and then shalt you have good success. What? If you focus on the word of God. I think of the things that God has done in my life. I shared with you a few, oh, well, several weeks ago about a woman who had called. She was in great need. Most likely in drugs and, you know, things that, that will break you down. And I began to share with her all the things that God has done to bless me. As I'm looking out at the beautiful mountains, I went on. I said, it's a beautiful day. I said, you want to know the good news? I said, God's no respecter of persons. He wants you to have all the beauties of life. I said, but you sell yourself short. How many people sell themselves short? Low self-esteem. Low self-esteem comes when we're focused on our own weaknesses. Unforgiveness and bitterness is another one. As we said about that lady who couldn't forget about the abuses of her father. Unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, to be bitter in your heart. Somebody once said to me, they said, well, they were, I met them on the street, and they said to me, well, look at you in your nice suit. You don't know what I've walked. I said, sir, you don't know what I've walked either. I said, but I want you to know something. Jesus loves you. People that are unwilling to give up their past angers. There are a lot of people not in church today. And you go out and you ask them, I said, well, because somebody offended me. Well, I used to go to church, but you know, uh, you know, you know, people offended me. I want you to know something. If people offend you, that's good. That means there's people. <laughs> I mean, you ever walk in a crowded area and accidentally step on someone else's toe? Whoops! Sorry, ma'am. Sorry, sir. That's part of it, being around other people. Maybe you say the wrong thing. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, uh, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace. With all men. You know, the Bible said, even agree with your adversary when you're in the way with him. What does that mean? Doesn't mean you're going to take up their politics or whatever, but it, but it means that don't be a fighter all the time. You know, sometimes people think they got to fight everything. Like one old man said to me one time, a very wise old man, he says, Let me tell you something, Bob. You've got maybe one, maybe two good fights in you. 
He said, people who fight everything never win anything. Always fighting, 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 fighting this, fighting that. But the Bible says we need to live peaceably. That doesn't mean we have to agree in the sense of, of, of what they're saying. But the thing is, is that love turneth away wrath. Habakkuk 2.2, 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write a vision and make it plain upon the tables, that he may run that readeth. How I many know we ought to pick that Bible up and read it? Woohoo! We ought to do some, I'm telling you, we need to get back to running around the church a little bit. We need, to be like, we need to be like General Booth when he says, I know what the answer is and what the world needs. We're going to form a band, and we're going to go out, and we're going to march. And that's what the Salvation Army was all about. It's going out and, 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 and singing the joy of the Lord. I love that old-time religion, that old-time religion. That old-time religion, it's good enough for me if it was good enough for Paul and Silas. If it was, remember that old song? And then he says, uh, it, makes, it makes me sing. That is an old one. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> Told you I've been around a while. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> But he said, write the vision down that it might make the young people run. If we don't use the gifts and the talents God gives us, we must stir up the gift. Well, if I feel it, brother, I'll, I'll, I'll share it. I think of my brother here. No, I don't think we're going to sing this week. And all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let this baby go. I, I'm, I'm just going to let it go. We, whether we're going to get it right, who knows? That thing might mess up. We're just kind of, Evelyn, but you know what? We're going to let it go. Hmm. I remember... One pastor, a nice, a nice person. But they would have ten meetings on, on having a meeting. I mean, they would, they would meet and meet and meet so that they could meet. I think we got to get more spontaneous. I don't know what the Lord's got in store. I don't know what he might do, but I trust him. Somebody went to the same person, a wonderful person. And I said, you know, you ought to put a, a sign out front, you know, saying that you have in the movie. And the, this individual said, yep, I don't want that many people there. <laughs> At least they've been honest. I don't want that many people. We have to stir the gift up. In 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stirreth up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on my hands. Freely give, we freely receive. See, that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. You've got to stir it up. you got to stir it up. How many, how many do some cooking? Well, you know, you, you do some cooking, right? And, 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 and the one thing you have to realize is that when you're making like a roux, if you don't stir it constantly, it sticks to the bottom and could burn and give a flavor that ruins the whole meal. you got to stir it. In Matthew 10.8, it says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. 
Well, brother, I'd, I'd cast out a devil, but, but you know, I, I, I got needs of my own. Who are we focusing on then? I think that when a problem arises, we need to be ready to address it. Somebody said to me one time, well, you know, I don't believe that a, that, that, that a Christian can be uh, filled with a demon or whatever. And you know what? You get into the philosophy. All I know is a skunk might not be out in February, but if one gets hit in front of my, my house, I'm going to take a shovel and bury it. And you can argue all you want whether that thing should have been sleeping or not. People complicate things. They complicate things by overthinking them. I'm not going to debate whether somebody is a Christian if they need deliverance. Lord God, give us the strength and give us the faith to lay hands on them that they may be delivered. Some people think they need deliverance when all they need is cast out is not the devil but their flesh. <laughs> Lord, just deliver me. Lord God, I just need a deliverance. And God said, if I delivered you from yourself, there'd be nothing left. I don't know I'm on that. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Does he really mean that? Not in 2021. That's, we're in a complicated age. I mean, this, this stuff is a, a, archaic. We need, we need a new version that kind of softens things and, and makes things palatable to the, you know. The Bible said to be fruitful. To have a right relationship with God. With those spiritual people God put around you, the family, the church. In 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what that means? Some of you might have had this. I know back when I was in the seventh grade, we had to dissect a frog. It's a biology thing. And the reason we had to dissect the frog so that we could look inside the frog and see you know, and it was not a pleasant experience, but probably it was worse for the frog <laughs> than for me. But the word dissect is, is really the word divide. See, the word of God is like a knot. Within it, there are nutrients there are revelations. So to dissect something is not just to merely memorize a verse, but to ask God for the understanding in a deeper way. How many know that you cannot exhaust the Word of God? I've shared with you before, after 33 years of pastoring and preaching, I've had God give me John 3.16. Lord, why are we going back to that? And God will say, read it again. And you find something brand new. A new, a new uh, part of the, of, the, of the beautiful diamond. How I many know the diamond, the word, is so multifaceted? Who can know it? It's just, it's just beautiful. Rightly dividing the word of truth that we need not be ashamed. I've known Christians that get these cliches. They grab a hold of them. That becomes the whole truth. And they walk around just repeating that over and over. And they never get to the depth of God. 
who is he? Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. Are you persuaded today? Do you know him? Number one, God is love. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And the fact of it is, is if you don't look at the word without knowing him, and I'll tell you, the word will show you who he is. Because if you could become accusatory toward God, you'll mess up everything. I had a man tell me not long ago, he said, God helps those who helps themselves. God helps those who can help themselves. But see, people, they get these cliches, and all of a sudden, that scripture, money is the root of all evil. said, the love of money is the root of all evil. But you see how easy it is to grab hold of something, to carry that, but never really understanding the truth. Have an unresolved conflict in your life. In Matthew 5, 23, it says, Therefore, if thou... Bring thy gift to the altar, and there remainest, and, and rememberest thy brother hath aught against thee. Leave that gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to the brother, and then come and offer your gift. Hmm. Sometimes God will share something with us, and we just pray louder. Trying to drown God out. When he said, you know, you, 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 you've done all against somebody and you really need to go to them and at least ask them to forgive you. But Lord, it might hurt my pride. But Lord, they don't deserve it. And you know what God says? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I had a a mentor one time in my life that has passed away now. And he said, do you have an assistant pastor? And I says, no. I said, I've been hurt and I have a hard time trusting. And he began to laugh. I mean, a belly roll laugh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what is funny? He said, I was just thinking of how much God had to trust you. Right? That is kind of laughable, isn't it? <laughs> Lord, thank you for trusting me. Having a lack of spiritual life can also cause us to live in an obscure Christian life. We talked about Paul as he said he, he, he desired to give them the meat, but they still needed the word. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> the milk of the word there. But what we need to understand and, and realize in this is that we need to have a passion for worship. Don't look around to see what other people are doing. You see, that what that means is you're a copycat. There's a little app my granddaughter likes to play and it's a copycat. He, so he repeats everything you say. And you know, we God doesn't want copycats. He wants people to have an experience to be who God made them to be. And every one of you'll never look like me. Too bad. No, no. <laughs> Uh, 
You'll never preach like me, and I don't mean that in a boastful manner. God has made each one of us just like that snowflake that falls from the sky. There's not another snowflake that ever looked like it. And there's nobody created just like you were. But what we need to say is, what hinders me? What keeps me from the greatness of God? You see, that's the honesty of prayer. It's saying, Lord, I, I don't want to go to a psychologist. I want you to be my psychologist. I want you to share with me. Show me, Lord God, the brokenness of my life. Search my heart and see what is broken. And then use your word to repair it so that I can be effective in your kingdom. I think, uh, and you say, well, I don't know how that has to do with mothers. David, I will tell you, I know a lot of mothers who are so distraught that they live in obscurity and brokenness instead of in the power that God wants them to live in. Because these things, and I have people a lot of times say, but, but pastor, but pastor, you, you, you don't know my story. Well, I know the story. Amen? This is the story. Jesus gave it all. And what God is saying to us, and I'm, I'm closing here, God is saying to us, what hinders you? Because I am the miracle worker. I am the God that has ordained you and set you forward. Why have you allowed the devil to trouble you so greatly? Trust and obey. For there's no other way. I think every parent would look at a child and say, if you'd only obey. But daddy, it's so hard to obey. How, why is it hard? You know, I told you not to eat the cookie. Why, why is it hard? Because it tastes so good. It's not hard to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying and to say, Lord, I will. I will. Would you all stand with me here this morning? I read a, a Facebook Um, somebody posted a post. And it said the church has got to go from being a cruise liner to being a battleship. We need to re-equip. So many want the church to be a cruise liner. But God said, I've made you warriors. And you're going to fight battles. And don't be think it's strange when the fiery trials come like some strange things happening to you we have an adversary the devil and he's in the world he's roaring like a lion but I know another lion the lion of the tribe of Judah and he said if he's in you the devil's no match let's our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. I pray, God, that it would just get within our hearts, Lord, just to sink down deep. Father, that each one of us would just stand in awe and say, Lord, 
we, that we don't allow the things of this world to trouble and to keep us from all the blessings that you have. Lord, I pray the church would be dynamic and, over, and overcoming. I pray the church would have the power that, you, that you've so instilled within it. That God, it becomes such a dynamic body ministry. Lord God, that the anointing of the gifts would come from every corner. Lord Jesus, that none would sit idle, but everyone, Lord God, according to your purpose and glory. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.